podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. State of Mind on the Friday Bulletin Full House today. I'm joined as always by Tony Haggerty and Jim Orr and we have special guest Alan Morrison from the Huddle Breakdown. Nearly forgot where you were from there Alan, but the Huddle <laughs> Breakdown is out every week. It truly is one of my favourites, I just don't remember the name of it, that's all. How are you doing Alan anyway? Yeah, I'm very good thanks, uh, good, uh, good to be here again. Great, great. Uh, Jim, how's your week been? Good, yeah, great Laura, yeah. Yeah, off to a positive start, Tony, on on Monday night at Tannadice anyway. um, I'll start with you and just see what your thoughts were on the game. Uh, You know, we were talking about before we came on air, mixed reports I saw from some people saying, you know, it was a bit of a nothing performance, it was this, it was that. For me, and I think for you as well, I was very satisfied with it. Celtic strolled it, did they not? Did Joe Hart have a safety make? Don't think so. No, No, literally none. Yeah, so there you go. What an introduction that was, Alan, from the huddle breakdown. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why you're right naming. <laughs> yeah. We are now, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I thought Celtic were, were fine. I thought they scored uh, not, not great goals, but some of the football that they played and chances that they created were great. Obviously, I was on the Monday night show, so we spoke about the ridiculous decision to chalk Midas' goal off. But we'll probably speak about that as well. But no, I thought it was fairly comfortable and I never thought Celtic were in any trouble at all during the match. And I thought uh, Hatati's yellow card was... I thought it was a borderline red. Mm. Had he been given a red, I don't think I would have complained. But he was given a yellow, so there you go. But I... Because... I, uh, had it happened to a Celtic player, I think a lot of the Celtic supporters would have been asking for a red card in that situation as well. So, but yeah, they were they were competent. I thought Jack and Mills, <clears throat> the goals were two of the scruffiest goals you'll ever see in football. But hey, that's that's his job, and uh, took his talent. I think was at nine in a Celtic cup, I believe. Yeah, so you know he's 
he's starting to do. I think Alan wrote something the other day, which I read. It was on. I think it was on the the Celtic way, wasn't it? Start this, mor- this morning, yeah. yeah. This morning it was. Yeah, it was this morning. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, and you wrote, wrote a piece about him starting to fulfil the roles Celtic striker. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's starting to starting to look the part and starting to score goals, which is <coughs> the future. Absolutely. Can't get anything past Paddy Lavery, Tony. Tony's moved out of the bedroom. I'm reliably informed that is the study at Haggerty Manor. Where's that? The East Wing or the West Wing? Yeah, West Wing. You know, so, uh, <laughs> well, what's uh, the backstory, Tony? You've moved out of the bedroom. Uh, what's the, what's the backstory of that one? <laughs> 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 my wife tidied this place and said, go in there, it's a lot tidier rather than your scruffy wardrobe. Stuff like that with a super striker, it was almost plausible. That one that, okay. that bounced precariously that it might fall on my head and you know cause me serious injury one day. I think we'll, we'll see how it goes, Tony. If we get a bad result this weekend, you're moving back. This is bad luck on a Friday. Um, Jim, seems seems a long time ago, um, as um, Magnet67 says. I know it was just Monday night, but it seems like ages since the last Celtic game. Um, if you can think that far back, what was your impression of it uh, at Tannadice? Were you impressed with the performance? Were you left wanting a bit more? I think it was a good, solid performance. Result was never in doubt. Uh, played an awful pitch. Uh, I can disagree with Tony. I thought Hatati's as a red card all day long. Uh, if it happens against Celtic, you'll be shouting for it. Uh, I think Hatati's a bit excitable. That's what I said last time I was on a couple of weeks ago. That's why the Beaton in there. I think Hatati's a great player. Don't get me wrong, good player. He can score goals, but I think it, we need we need kind of calm heads at this stage of the season because uh, last time it was on, said that just after the St Mirren game when we brought on Rodjick and Forrest and Beaton, I thought they, they 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 took over the game. I thought and looked dead assured. And you think of the hundreds of. Celtic appearances within the three of them. That's when I said they should they should play every game from the end of the season. I thought uh, Rolson should have come back, which he did against Livingston. So, off at a tangent here. In terms of Tannadice, ah, they were dead solid, uh, never in doubt. Uh, the big man up front, maybe not the most technically gifted, but he certainly knows where the goals are. So, you know, long may that continue. So, yeah, yeah fine. Uh, in terms of the semi-final, I'd rather have avoided that game, maybe kept it for the final, because we don't want any mm. distractions for this run-in. Just, you know, Eyes on the prize and the prize of the league, so I think that may be a wee bit of a distraction. But in terms of the game on Monday, game was never in doubt. Uh, you mentioned the handballs there. I thought Hitati, that was the referee's interpretation of it, but the fact that he, he disallowed my either's goal that's shocking. Uh, haven't heard from the, the head of referees this week, so where's he? You know, he's very quick to come out and, and talk about marginal offside goals, but for one of his one of his referees to make such a mistake, such a an obvious mistake, but everyone kind of knows the handball rule. This mm. year, it's been, you know, it's been said so many times. For him not to give that and not to explain it, and for his boss not to go out and say anything, that's shocking, absolutely shocking. Yeah, it was. There was a few controversial points, and then some, some for us, some against us, as far as the refereeing decisions. Um, Alan. You always put the statistical spin on it for us, which is a good um, sort of contrast or sometimes compliment to, to what we see, you know, looking at it visually. One thing I wanted to ask you about, I don't know if you have anything on it, but, you know, there was, I, I saw conflicting opinions. I'm of the opinion with Yakimakis that, okay, his two goals were tap-ins, but I, I did think he provided a lot more up front than just the tap-ins to the two goals. I thought he put himself about a little bit. Um, is the type of thing that you look at 
suggesting that he is as effective as, as some might suggest, or was it a case of him just being the right place at the right time for those goals? <clears throat> well, I actually had him as my uh, man of the match, actually, uh, based on all, all his overall performance. And I disagree that the goals were, you know, you know, to be dismissed as kind of scruffy. I thought they were both excellent examples of uh, anticipation of quickness over short distance and the second goal was a fantastic finish actually mm. um, if you're a played striker you know that was a great goal right to, to get something on that to, to be in the right place first of all positioning to react to the to the loose ball in that way and then to get a touch and then the accuracy of it going in similarly to be optimistic to think that the goalkeeper is going to spill the ball for the first one to be the one who's first there when he does uh, it's fantastic anticipation and movement. So I, th- I think I think you ha- I think you have to. I think if, if, if you, 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 could, you could you could you could get you could get how they look on the eye. I didn't mean in terms of finishing. I mean stuff in terms of how they look on the eye. Hmm. I I spoke on Monday about he's finished to follow the ball and it was great striker play and you get something on it. So I just meant. In terms of oh no, he's not great. He's not easy on the eye at all, Tony. Is he? I mean, he's very good. Yeah, yeah. He's actually dead, so I would pack myself on that and say, "Went scruffy in terms of how they look." Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, I mean, every 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 goal he has scored for Celtic has been a one-touch finish, which in itself that explains a lot about what his strengths are, um, and that 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 suggests you know movement, anticipation speed over a short distance to get into the right position and then, then that instinctive uh, you know left foot right foot you'll, you'll get something on it and it goes near the goal I mean he had he had six attempts at goal okay uh, all of them were inside the box which is great and uh, he had the highest expected goals of all players in the pitch is 1.4 um, so that was all good um, he actually linked up the play reasonably well he completed 17 passes which is nearly double what he normally does so he was actually quite involved in that sense I know he, I know he's ungainly and I think I said in the piece today that if you imagine a baby elephant on a beach on a really windy day trying to play keepy uppy with a beach ball that's kind of what <laughs> Jack Marcus looks like when he when he comes out and tries to sort of uh, hold, you know get hold of the ball and you know control the bouncing ball etc but again he was involved in 15 challenges which only only Starfelt was involved in more so he, that aspect of the game and again if you look at stats from a SPFL perspective um you know his in terms of what they call pressures so him putting pressure on defenders closing them down uh, actually regaining the ball, forcing turnovers. He's right up there in the top sort of, you know, 90, top 10th percentile for strikers for doing that, which is in, in, in keeping with all the Celtic strikers. So for me, he fulfills the role that he's been asked to do. Yeah. If you if you, if you you were to compare him to like an Edward, who's like an all-round um, attacking player, as in he can run with the ball, he can create, he can play off both feet, he's quite quick, he can score goals. You know, an all-round footballer and he's almost a, a hybrid between an attacking number 10 and a striker Giacomacus isn't that but that's not the role that he's been asked to play so in terms of does he fit the system yes and is he being effective in that system yes and actually for me he's our fourth choice striker so I think it's it's a big thumbs up for me yeah I'll, I'll open it up to 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 Tony and Jim on this one. Um, Jim, I'll come to you first did, your opinion on Giacomacus did that performance on Monday night for you Jim sort of reflect that, you know, Alan's assessment that he was one of the best players on the pitch, his man of the match. Was it just two tap-ins for you, or did you see him do more effective things than just that? 
I think I said earlier that technically, obviously, he's a wee bit to go, but say, uh, puts the ball in the net. If you do that every game, then you don't have any qualms about that. I mean, that's that's what a striker, I mean, in the modern game, maybe that's not what a striker's there to do. And Alan mentioned some attributes that Edward had. If, if Yakimakis had those attributes, we couldn't have actually afforded to buy the guys. We only want for about two and a half million. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that other teams looked at him and didn't fancy him because of his lack of technical abilities. He can only do one thing and score goals. So if he's scoring goals, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, I'm surprised to hear Alan think he's his fourth, he's a fourth choice striker. I mean, I thought he's, he's ahead of a Yeti, surely. I, I was thinking Abada. So for me, it'd be Kyogo, Maeda, Abada, and then him for, for the striker okay. role. A Yeti's not even in there. <laughs> he's not even in there, okay. I need to pay attention more. Uh, yeah, well, I would, yeah, no, I wouldn't argue with that then. But no, I think. Uh, it's good to have the big chap there, and I think when we've needed somebody to step up, he stepped up. The Dundee game, in particular, where was it the Dundee game where he scored a very similar goal, where the keeper spilled it and then he put it yeah. in the net. So obviously that's his game. Uh, I think he's a better focal point than playing through the centre than Maeda is. Uh, Maeda to me looked a wee bit lost at times. Uh, I think he's still to settle. Not saying anything bad against me. He puts in a poor work, but in terms of looking to somebody to get goals, I'd, I'd imagine the big chap is. For me, he's maybe a better bet than Maida through the centre. But uh, he's putting the ball in the net. That's all you want. And, and, if, and the more options we have, the better it is. So if Kyogo's back soon, then we have loads of options, which we didn't have at the start of the season. And, and he gives us something different as well. And he holds the ball up well. So yeah, I'm, a, I'm becoming a big fan. Uh, and yeah, he certainly wasn't far off in man of the match the other night. I think we had three or four very good performances in a game that was fairly straightforward. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Tony, I'll just come back to you on that because obviously I, I agree with what you said in terms of and, and took the point that you were making about the, the goal looking scrappy rather than, you know, Yak Max's performance. It, I, I, I take that on board. Do you agree with like what Jim and, and Alan are saying in terms of Yak Max's? I think I think he does get a little bit of a hard time as being just this kind of tap-in merchant, but I see him putting himself about a bit more than that and, and being more of a nuisance than than some might suggest. He's a pest. He's a defender's nightmare. But he can also finish. And the one-touch finishes, they've all been pretty different, haven't they? And he's got that instinct for goal. When the ball falls, he, he's there. You know, the, the perfect hat-trick against Dundee, he was in the right place at the right time. Swivel for the first, the goal was spilled the second one. And a kind of header, flying header for the, you know, so all of them, one touch, you know, finishes top draw stuff, real great striker play. I, I, I genuinely meant that the, the nature of the goals of the other night was scrappy. Great striker play to follow and again, did Maida in, probably learned the fact that Maida put the first one against Andy too close to the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. It might happen again and he's in there at the right time. So he has, he's a total, he has a total nuisance. He is ungainly, he's unsightly, and maybe not be a natural you know, controller and, and of the ball and, and the guy that lays it off, but my goodness, he gives people you know, headaches, problems, defenders, which is what you want, and he's starting to find the net, his confident levels will be up. I mean, I, I asked Andrew a question the first time we scored against Hearts, he's one-touch finish, that was why he was brought, because that, that was a really skillful goal. Uh, that particular one touch finish to actually elevated off the floor because of the defender sliding in who would have blocked it on the line had he not lifted it just that bit but came mm. from behind as well and he managed to scoop it up and into the next so that's what convinced me I thought this guy's got something in his locker and I think that moving forward and he, as I say he's starting to hit the net now with 
increasing regularity, easy for me to say. And uh, <laughs> and I think everybody wanted to see him play after the Dundee game. It's just immediate centre ball, but got ill. Yeah, but I agree with Jim. I think he, I think he's more of a natural centre forward than Maida, but that's mm-hmm. not Maida because I think Maida does a power of work. There's a great grafter up front. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. But I think if you're asking the Celtic supporters just now who the most natural centre forward is and the one that we want to see occupy that number nine jersey, it's Jackie Marcus. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I think also, just... Laura, if you're an opposition defender, I think you'd rather play against Maida. Yes. As Tony said, big man's more of a pest. Yeah. Yeah. Harder thing. yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to, to touch on, um, Jim, you mentioned um, uh, Hatati with that challenge that, that for you was a red card. I think I would agree <clears> with that. I think if you're, if you're the opposition team and certainly if somebody does that against a Celtic player, you're screaming for a red card. So I would agree with that. But I, I was generally um, looking to get Alan's opinion on Hatati the last few games and specifically on Monday night. I think he... I don't want to use too harsh a phrase, but certainly he's not living up to the heights of his early performances, Hatati Allen. Um, is there anything suggesting that, that, that those performances are dipping slightly, or is he perhaps just, you know, um, experiencing a little bit of a lull in his, his, his confidence at the moment? Um, I don't think his underlying performances have changed. It's just that people's perception has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- when he started, there were a number of big moments, and I was talk- talking to Tony about this before we came on air. About people remember big moments, and, and that's what football fans all remember, and that's what we'll all remember long after the games have gone. And they won't remember the spreadsheet; they'll remember the big moments, and that's that's the memories that we all have. And you know, the go- the, the, his, his debut against Hearts, that goal against Hearts, and obviously the two goals in the derby, various you know spectacular long passes that he executed. People remember those things. But even even when that was all happening, his underlying data suggested he had made a steady start, but it was nothing spectacular. He was mm-hmm. way over way overperforming on his expected goals because of all these long shots that go in. And of course, when these long shots don't go in, which 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 you know ninety eight percent of them don't, um, then then obviously you know the, the perception changes in terms of what people think uh, they're seeing. And so I, I I think what we're seeing is a young player who is um, relatively inexperienced, who hasn't spent a lot of time playing as a central midfielder, um, who's adapting to a new country. He's probably never played on a pitch like that before um, as well. I, mean, I, imagine the Japan- I just imagine the Japanese uh, J-League pitches are probably relatively good good standard, uh, whereas the ones in Scotland, especially away from... Well, I was going to say away from Celtic Park. Celtic Park's pitch isn't great at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so I think I think we're just seeing the normal, um, you know, the normal kind of um, rough and tumble of a, of a young player trying to settle into a new country, new language. He's hardly been in the door. He's adapting to a new position, a new team, new demands, and he's just come off the back of a full season. So, to me, I'm not worried. I, th- I see um, all the tool, all the kind of um, potential there in terms of. His passing vision, his technique, his quickness in getting away from challenges in the middle of the park, 
the range of passing that he has. All those things, I think, are suggest to me he's a good fit for the system he's been bought to play in. Um, but I, but I never bought into the hype in, to begin with, and I and I didn't say anything because I don't want to be that guy that goes like, well, actually, he's not been that good. But unfortunately, his data is not not wasn't that spectacular from from day one. It's just that, as I say, the, the long shots have stopped going in, the forty yarders have stopped connecting, and and uh, you know we're seeing what was actually always there in plain sight, which is a young player kind of struggling a little bit. I just touch on the um the the red the the yellow card thing as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do a regular uh, thing on my blog, Celtic by Numbers, which I get a, a referee that I, I live in in Sheffield in South Yorkshire. I've got a local referee who um, has got no no skin in the game as far as Scottish football is concerned. I've got no interest in Scottish football to review the big decisions in games, and, and it's you know it's the honest mistakes file, and I've been running it all season, and um, I'm waiting to hear back from him on this one. So I'm not he's not kind of giving me his verdict on it, but I'm starting to learn uh, because I'm like 99 percent of uh, football fans. I don't know the laws of the game, and I've never refereed. And therefore, and, I'm, and also, I'm biased because I, I, you know, I'm a Celtic supporter, and that's how that's the lens through which. <laughs> but apart we, from all that, no, but that's the lens. That's the lens through which we see all discussions on decisions, and that's not a, that's not a great lens to to to, to um, you know subjectively uh, you know look at decisions. But what I've learned is that type of challenge, the, the Hitati one, is the, the 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 things I'm expecting him to come back in are that Hitati's foot is pretty much at ground level. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't extend his leg at the player. In fact, if anything, he starts to pull out, um, and that those those two factors, and, and, and therefore the fact is, it looks like he's genuinely trying to win the ball. So these three factors, uh, with the referee, would say that yes, it's reckless, and reckless would 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 warrant a yellow card, but it, it wouldn't be a, a red card offence. And I can I can bring up other similar incidents, both for and against Celtic, um, that uh, that he's made given me that kind of view. Now I'm, I might be wrong, and when he Gives me his opinion on it. I'll publish it on my site. Uh, but that that I'm, I'm thinking re- yellow card was the right decision for that one. That's your yellow card. That's your yellow card, Alan. That's three plugs you've had so far for your podcast, your blog, and something else I can't remember. So you're on a yellow already. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim. I'll, I'll take it. It was a tactical <laughs> file. <laughs> no, I was. I was going to say that I thought I, I used the word excitable. <laughs> earlier for Hatati and I think we need calm head at this point in time mm-hmm. and I always remember I think it was Gordon Strachan said it when Alan Thompson gets sent off in his first Gordon Strachan's first game at Ibrox and he said Thompson gave the referee a decision to make and I don't think we want players to give referees a decision to make because if you say that I mean if, if if you don't think it's a red card then, then, it's, a, then it's a borderline red card so you're giving the referee a decision to make so we don't want that to happen I just think I mean, I said after the Hibs game and people were waving about him, I, th- I thought he did a decent first 50, 60 minutes and then he just tired. And he was the same for me for the first few games. He scored those two fantastic goals in the Glasgow derby, which was which was great. But I just think, I think he's quite excited about the whole thing. As I said last time, I think if you, you're going to Celtic Park, Park Glasgow derby, 60,000 fans going mental, you score two great goals. I mean, it's perfectly understandable to be excited thinking of the games like this. Yeah. And I think he just, he looked, somebody's just, he's just trying to be a bit too hard and I think it's not time for that. It's time for kind of cool heads. Tony, both Alan and, and Jim raising good points about Atati. Obviously, the the 
the combination of our perception of his performances because of the goals that he scored early on compared to, you know, what the stats say that his performance hasn't actually really been up nor down since he came. Um, Jim talking about, you know, the need for cool heads in some situations that hasn't been the case. What, what's been your overall opinion of Hatati, especially in recent weeks? You know, is it for you, like Alan said, a case of a young player just trying to find his feet? Um, are you still encouraged by what you see there with him? Well, first and foremost, the coolest head was Ange to hook him at half-time. Mm-hmm. Another one of them and you're off. Because yeah. he got the benefit of the doubt from beating. There's no uh, John beating the referee. So he he, had, he gave the referee the decision to make and he and he came down on the player's side. You know, and, and I agree with Jim. I, I say it was a borderline. I didn't have opened up the show. I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd have walked for it. I, it was reckless, so but there are certain levels of recklessness, isn't there? And I don't know if you get the benefit of the doubt because I don't think he. It was there was malice there. It wasn't an intentional, uh, and it kind of was like by the time he slowed it up, it was, it was slow motion. He was he wasn't getting any, any great speed, so I think that's maybe why he, he copped a yellow. In terms of his performances, yeah, there's been a dip. And again, he's played a full season in Japan, so it's it's natural. And he's come in, and as Jim said, he scored the two goals against Rangers, and everybody hails him as a superstar. I think the guy, like a lot of the new players, they just want to breathe at this minute in time. You know, everything they do is getting magnified to an extent. Oh, he's not on it today, what because he never scored two goals like he did against Rangers. You know, so it's you have to cut them some slack as well. I'm not worried about his ability, because I actually thought he'd a decent first half. Dropped his shoulder and he got away from players a couple of times. Alan will maybe be able to tell me better about his passing. I thought there were times when they looked at an easy pass on, and I think his passing can be erratic. Alan, I think you've alluded to that, haven't you? Yeah, um, 78% completion. He's, he's, and this is this is even even in games like even the Derby game or the Hearts game, I think he gave away the five out of yeah. six passes. And yeah, people, I mean, you know, people, But people forget that when they see the ball go in the net, yeah, right? I remember you mentioned that hmm. about five out of his first six against Rangers passes went astray. So, you know, there's, there's just a kind of knitting of certain parts of his game together. But I, I'm not concerned in any shape or form whether there's a, a player of ability there or a, or a good footballer. Witness for herself that there's a good footballer there. Is there fatigue there? Possibly. Jim said he would he would play Beaton, McGregor, and Rogic. Was it Jim? Yeah. Yeah, for the rest of the season. So, you know, we we leave it to the manager again. He played a team the other night, called it right. But the, as I seen, he kept the cool his head by substituting Hatati at the interval, but just not taking any chances with him. Because once you cop a yellow card like that, you are at the attention of the referee. So it just takes one misplaced foot and you're off the part and that can jeopardise the you know, the result. So I thought that was the, the most sensible thing to do. And I thought he had a decent first half. You know, but what, what are you comparing it with? He's two goals against Rangers. He's, he's wonderful start. You know, the guy just has to just play and, and, and be allowed to play quick to jump on players when they don't hit a certain level, you know, so, uh, and again, if Ange thinks he can perform and do a job in certain games, then he will start. Yeah. 
I, I think that's I think that's fair, and I think, like somebody said in the comments, I can't remember it's away now, but um, we're in a situation where even if he has, has got some element of fatigue or tiredness or whatever, Ange does seem to be implementing some kind of squad rotation, that that will hopefully won't become a feature, and like you say, there's other options in the midfield there, so we'll see how that goes. Um, KS Caretaker says, why are we talking about a red card they never got? Let's talk about the Ross County game. KS Caretakers, uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to speak for an hour about Ross County. It is more difficult than it looks. That's why we're talking about as many different things as we can. If you can manage it, you're a better man or woman than me. But uh, having said that, we will move on to another topic. Um, Jim, I'll come to you on this first. I've seen a lot of Callum McGregor in the in the press this week. Um, you know, talking about various things, talking about his recent injury, talking about attitudes in the dressing room, um, talking about the way the season is going. And I have to say, I've been really impressed with the way that he's spoken, the way that he seems to have really stepped up to the plate as a captain. Obviously, we're all aware of his impact on the pitch, but his impact off the pitch has really impressed me. Have you you been impressed with Callum McGregor's role as captain this season? Have you seen enough for him to suggest that he was absolutely the right choice for us? I think it was the right choice. I think you have to be mentally tough to do that job. You have to follow Scott Brown, etc. And it must have been really difficult at the start of the season there, I mean, losing the first three away games, thinking, you know, what am I doing here? I'm a captain of this team and it's falling apart. So I think he's played a huge part in getting all the new guys knitted together and being like Angie's lieutenant on the park. So yeah, I think he's done a marvellous job. Uh, I'd like to see him pushed a bit further forward for this run-in. Uh, I think that could be that could be key. Uh, but then, I think earlier in the season when the new guys were coming into the club, they all mentioned Callum McGregor as well. So obviously he's taking the time to get around them and, and text them before they've actually came to the club and did all the right kind of things. And that's what you look for in a captain. I think he's he's not the most vocal guy in the world, but I think he kind of shows by example on the pitch. And if you think it, I mean, obviously Alan will know this better than me, the number of touches he must get in a game. I mean, I'd be surprised if he's not up there with the most touches in the, in the league. Is he, Alan? <laughs> Uh, let me check. <laughs> I'll come back to you. Oh, you'd have this stuff for your fingertips. <laughs> just, oh, yes. It's either him or uh, Starfield or Carter Vickers, probably, because of that triangle that they play all the time. But, I mean, particularly Monday night there, you're thinking that pitch was awful. Mm-hmm. You know, all you do is one misplaced pass and you're in trouble. And he was very accurate, as he is most games. And if you think of that level of consistency, game after game after game, he's maybe having, you know, 70, 80 touches and he's having to start the play off and play through the lines and all that kind of stuff, you know, and be the captain and lead by example and try and get forward and try to score a few goals. That's been the one thing this season, maybe he's not scored enough goals for me, but then again, mm-hmm. if he's playing what he's playing, that's understandable. And uh, maybe not take as many shots as we did last season, but to answer the question, yeah, 100%, he's definitely the right choice. He's shown by example. Uh, every game, he's an he's a, he's a 8 out of 10, you know, and you do notice it if he's a wee bit off it because it's so unusual. You know, there's been one or two games maybe in the last two or three months where you think he's just a wee bit off it and you're surprised because it's Callum McGregor and he's never off it. So to answer the question, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Um, Tony, I'll, I'll I'll come to you and give Alan a couple extra minutes to, to try and answer Jim's question. Um, uh, Callum has been one of those players, like Jim said, he's, he's certainly not as big a personality as Scott Brown. Few could be. But I think it's a good example this season of, as fans, us 
assuming a lot about a player as a person just by their public demeanour and not really knowing very much about them at all, really, especially if in Callum McGregor's case they choose to keep themselves to themselves, to use a, to use a well-known phrase. Um, my, my big point at which I knew he was a really good captain, and again, I keep forgetting the game that he did it, but we had a, a particularly rough patch, and then we won a game at Celtic Park, and at the end of the game he chose to bring all the players into a huddle after the game to sort of G them up and, and talk about the impact of that result. If anybody in the comments knows exactly what game I'm talking about, let me know. But have you been impressed with what you've seen him, uh, not just as a captain on the pitch, but off the pitch and the way that he's, he's sort of handled himself in that manner? Oh, without a doubt, first and foremost, he was never going to be the new Scott Brown. Mm. He's Callum McGregor, you know, and he was going to be a different Celtic captain to the one that he followed into that job and role. But what he did admit was that he learned from Scott Brown so much. And that's that's what you talk about, you know. He took that experience that he gave alongside Scott Brown to mould himself into the captain that he wanted to be, not as a clone of Scott Brown. He didn't want that. I mean, because it was a daunting task for Callum McGregor to walk into Scott Brown's or to uh, get the armband from Scott Brown. But he, he certainly did all the things that Jim said, and everybody's been impressed by the way he's gone about it. And I think, uh, shock horror, I think I gave him a 7 out of 10 one game, Jim, and I was, I was loath to do it because my hand was hovering over the 8 button because he's just so consistent. He's a, he's, mm. you, you've always said you need guys to be seven or eights. You know, this guy, he's on an eight or nine every other game. He's just so good. And when he does that, it's noticeable because the team don't really function, do they? He's the fulcrum of that side, the, the way that Scott Brown was a beating heart of the Celtic team for such a long, long time. Callum just assumed that role in the team and he's performed it with real aplomb. You know, you can't fault him this season. And... Uh, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. His consistency in performances has actually been frightening. He's mm-hmm. not held him back the responsibility. If anything, he's embraced it even more and, became, and somehow become a better footballer. If that's possible, I mean, I I don't know his stats in terms of touches per game. I don't know, as any second, but he's involved in almost everything positive, mm-hmm. creative uh, about this Celtic team. If he's no starting moves or playing the, the killer pass for the goal, he's, he's certainly involved along the way. And I'll, I'll leave it to Alan to make a mug of me by telling me that he's not. <laughs> when, when you go, Alan, so is he top of the touches league table as Jim suggests he might be? 
Drum so, roll. You know, yeah, I know. So under Postacoglu, obviously, you know, one of the features of the way Celtic play is, um, although they are very aggressive in attack and do press high on occasion, um, we do still like to maintain possession. So all of all of the regular defenders have more total possessions than McGregor, even the even the fullbacks actually, mm-hmm. and that's probably a function of the, the inverting and and getting on the ball uh, a, a lot. So Callum would be actually uh, behind all of the all of the regular four or five defenders. Uh, and actually, would be behind Bitton slightly. So Bitton has more touches when he plays, just by one, right. by one, by one. Uh, actually, uh, but th- and then it would be McGregor. Although Turnbull wouldn't be far behind either in terms of uh, overall possession. So it's it's kind of close. Um, this is always a fascinating one for for me because uh, we we have this debate on the huddle breakdown. There he goes, that red card now. Don't, just mention the huddle breakdown. Is that, <laughs> is that the huddle breakdown? No one was that the huddle breakdown. Just don't, don't, don't get a wagging. Did catch that? Did I get a wagging finger? You're getting one of them. You're getting one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's never not a decision to make, Jim. Aye. <laughs> I'm throwing it to myself. It's yeah. okay. His foot's planted. <laughs> yeah, I put my hands up like that when I did it. You know, so everything's fine. <laughs> um, we talk about, you know, you know, we, I think we like to talk about your know, leadership. What is it? And, and and I think traditional traditional football analysis. As such as it as such as it has been, you know, focuses on things like you know, dig and commitment and heart and all this kind of all these words that you can't quantify, you can't put a number against, and it's just your opinion really as to how important that they are. Because are you telling me that like you last season the likes of Scott Brown, Shane Duffy, Julianne weren't weren't being great leaders in the dressing room? I mean, come on. So it's actually you know, what Colin McGregor has done in terms of. As as a as an employee of Celtic, being the captain of the club and the way he conducts himself in interviews and so forth is exemplary, and he's clearly you know developed as a man and as a as a leader in that sense. In terms of impact on the field, the most important thing is is the role that he's being asked to do um, coherent in the structure of the team. And yes, it is. Unlike Scott Brown last season, and and, and Shane Duffy is a great example of this. You're telling me Shane Duffy isn't the sort of footballer that's kind of you know, doing all the traditional cajoling and getting people to, you know, and shouting at people and blah, 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 all the traditional leadership skills, as you say, on the pitch. If you're telling me he's not that sort of player, it's absolute nonsense. Was it effective? No, it wasn't. Why wasn't it effective? Because the system was rubbish. You know, he was he was the wrong player in the wrong system and, and Scott Brown's legs had gone. So th- those leadership skills did not compensate for a completely uh, incoherent uh, uh, lineup and system. So McGregor is uh, e- evolving as a human being and as a man. We can all see that in public and he's he's operating in a system that is fitting his particular style of play so he's being effective yeah that's the way I would look at it and in terms of you know what are his numbers like they're actually he's actually kind of pretty average across the board I don't mean that as a disparity is in that he's not particularly because he's playing a more defensive role his defensive numbers are never going to be good as good as Scott Brown's he's not that sort of player and obviously he's had to curtail his attacking um, role quite a bit so his attacking Stats lag behind the likes of Turnbull and Rogic and O'Reilly and, and those kind of players, which you would expect because he's playing a deeper role. Where, where he has his kind of value add is in what I'd call ball progression. So the, the way he gets the ball forward through the lines, you know, he's got the, you know what I call packing. Those packing stats are very impressive for McGregor. But and everything else he does really well. He does competently. Yeah, he's not he's not mm-hmm. top of any any of those lists. Probably not even in the top five for defensive. And, and creative stats, but he's he's, he's good enough. So he's a, just a great all rounder in terms of playing that role, that number six role. 
Yeah, I, I think that that goes back to Jim's point of that he's perhaps a more effective player in in a more advanced role, or certainly has had more of an impact in that kind of a role um, in previous seasons. Um, Jim, uh, just to come back to you on that, because of some of the things that Alan said there, would you be happy perhaps with you know moving McGregor further forward and maybe having Beaton in that defensive role? Is that the way you would be thinking, or is there another? thing that you've got in your head that you would think would be a better 100%, 100%. option? 100%. I just think that, that in the SPFL individually, collectively, we've got better players. So we should be on the front foot all the time. I don't think, <clears> certainly <throat> games at Celtic Park, we don't, I'd like to see Cam McGregor further forward. I mean, he'd be far more effective than Beaton, obviously, further forward. I think this would be Cam Heads at this point in time. I just think it's... Uh, <laughs> you said Beaton and Cam Heads in the same time. I, 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 <laughs> I, I think he's learned his lesson. I'd like to think he's learned his lesson. He's 30 years old. He's not going to change. No, I think he... Uh, Life's lifeless. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to back the big man. I'm, I'm going to, he's, he's, we need those kind of players. And I think we need more offensive players in the team. I talked about... I mean, last time I, was, I said, I thought, Juranovic should be playing left back, not because Greg Taylor's done anything wrong. I just think unless Alan says I'm wrong, I think Juranovic going forward is Sorry. better. I think Juranovic <laughs> has got a better shot. And Juranovic takes penalties, which would have been handy at Livingston. You know, so I just, and, 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 and Ralph on the other side, in terms of goals and assists, contrib- contributes more than Juranovic going forward. And I think in the SPFL, with the exception of one team, we should be blowing the other teams away. So we've only eight games to go. And uh, two Glasgow derbies and six games against other teams who we should win. So we should be on the front foot in those games. Mm-hmm. And I think pushing Callum McGregor forward in those games is certainly what we should be doing. And I just think the experience of a Beaton as opposed to the the youthful exuberance of a Hatati is maybe a better bet at the this problem, stage of the season. The, the, Jim, the problem that you get when you play Beaton, especially against, let's say, some of the lower teams in the league, is that he, he, never, get, he never gets beyond the other midfielders. He never, obviously never gets beyond the forwards. So you've essentially... You're, you're you're attacking with one less player, and we saw it uh, in in some of the games earlier in the season where um, he's, he's essentially so it is a way is literally a waste of a shirt. The centre halves can do the same job as he's doing in those games when we're so possession dominant and so much in control. Anyway, you need that. You need the the um, the people who are athletic enough to, to press high, and they're going to get beyond uh, and make runs, make forward runs. Uh, so I, I I think he's got utility, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, I think for him to come on and control a game late, uh, I think he's great. I, I so would you stick with Carl McGregor playing where yes, he is then? Absolutely, on? absolutely, yeah. Right, okay. For the majority of games, but listen, it's a squad thing, right? And and I think uh, we've seen that. I, th- I think Ange is going to rotate things quite a lot. Uh, horses for. Courses. I think Carl McGregor would be more effective in those two advanced midfield positions than anyone else that we've got in the team. And yeah, I just think, and I think. Uh, be, playing playing Beaton there allows him to do that. I don't think there's anyone else who could play in that Callum McGregor role, possibly. And I don't think James McCarthy's played enough games yet to be confident in him. And that's why I think that the reason I want Beaton in the team because I want McGregor further forward. I think he's more influence. And he's, in these last eight games... Do, do we need Beaton for a game against Ross County at home tomorrow? I'd like to push Callum McGregor forward. So who do you play there? That's, that's, think, that's the point. I think... Alan's point is valid that the defence can cope with what Ross County can throw them tomorrow. I'll be inclined to play more attacking midfielders. If if by your say we should be blowing these teams away. Mm-hmm. I think if you're playing McGregor and Rogic and a front three as well, there's 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 five players. Five attacking players. Uh, 
McGregor, Rodjick, have got a decent dig from distance. You've got I two fullbacks bowling forward. Ah, I just don't think we need a sitting midfielder for a game against a home game against Ross County tomorrow. I, I'm inclined to give you Alan. It might be a bit of a waste of a, a shot if they're not going to advance any further forward. You know, I just think we, we can uh, put Ross County to the sword tomorrow. I, I believe the talent's there in the team, so why not play a team that reflects that? But goal. you're still going to play McGregor in that more defensive role then? Well, no, really, no. I would play three attacking midfielders, i.e. McGregor being one of them. Well, McGregor tends to hang back, does he not? Right. And he's playing the sort of passes that Alan was talking about. He was great lines. I, I'm just, I would just question the wisdom of playing Beaton tomorrow, that was all. You, you said you'd play him between now and this. Oh, I definitely. I wouldn't play him. That's just my own thoughts. But, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll throw the cat amongst the pigeons here and say I'm with Jim on this one, so we're exactly split down the middle. <laughs> if that helps anybody, I don't know if it does, but uh, it's an interesting one and it will be it will be strange or, or, or interesting, I should I say, to see how we line up because, as we've all said a million times on the podcast this season, uh, our approach to these teams that sit in against us is something that's that's... You know, a successful way of doing that has alluded us short of uh, the victory against um, Livingston uh, at Almond Vale uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we do seem to be getting somewhere, but it's still something that I think we need to put a bit of thought into. So I also, Lauda, I think happens. that... Sorry for button in again. I, no, I just think right. that with only eight games to go, I think we want a settled team for those eight games. I know Ange mm-hmm. likes to chop and change things, but I just think let's have the same team, let's get set, let's know what we're doing and let's go and do the job. So, and James, team out there, Jim, rotation, rotation, rotation. You can ask Ange that question then. Totally. <laughs> I will, I will. I'll, I'll get my head back now. I will I'm asking. Good. Uh, so it's, it'll be interesting to see anyway I'll be, there'll be some back and forth in the group chat I'm sure when the lineup gets revealed at the weekend and, and we'll see what happens um, Alan I'm I want to sorry I'm, I, there. I thought he was terrific against uh, Livingston I just I, I get that Andy rotates the team mm-hmm. I just see the need for him I saw the need for him at Livingston but I don't see the need for him tomorrow at home against Ross County you're wrong that's, that's I think also it makes a big yeah. difference if you get two out-and-out mm-hmm. wingers who take players on. That makes such a difference because uh, opposition teams have to double up on them. That's what happened to Livingston. I thought with Forrest and Yota, they were going to double up. That created loads of space for the midfield and good technical players in the midfield. So if we're playing with two natural wingers who can take players on, cut the ball back, then anyway, I'm sticking with Beto on the team. You <laughs> yes. both. Yes. If you can go, you can beat it. <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Stuff your stats. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> the verbal V's in the group chat tomorrow. That's it. <laughs> Are we back to your old bedroom, Tony? Alan, what do we know? What do you and I know, Alan? <laughs> Listen, there'll be nothing proverbial about my V's in the chat tomorrow if Beaton's playing, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the right um, hand of the screen know nothing. That's, that's the funny thing today. We've talked about Callum McGregor and his impact at length. Um, another young, well, an, another young player, I was going to say, I still think of Callum McGregor I'm, as young, I'm showing my age, but um, a young player that's had limited opportunities this season that I did want to discuss a bit uh, was Stephen Welsh. Now, um, 
Alan, you've been on the podcast before and talked about the perception of Carol Starfelt as a defender and how, you know, maybe he gets a bit more of a negative rap just because of the way his physicality is and how he can appear a little bit clumsy, but actually his stats say he's a much more effective defender than he's given credit for. Um, I've always been a fan of Stephen Welsh and, you know, think he deserves more opportunities than he has got. Is that a case of me you know, wanting to see what I want to see there? Or or in your opinion, is he, you know, a, a player worth his salt, somebody to look for for towards the future? Yep. So uh, this is a fascinating debate about the centre-backs. Uh, so, uh, oh, 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 God, I'm going to get into trouble now. But on the on the podcast, on the other podcast yesterday, we had this What discussion. podcast is that, Alan? Which podcast was that? It was the huddle breakdown. Um, I was going to say that, but you... Uh, <laughs> how, do you how do you spell that, Alan? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring a wee placard next time. Yeah. Huddle breakdown. Jim Moore, give me your shirt, by the way. Huddle breakdown was Alan. Just, just to clarify, huddle breakdown, right? Listen, what what is what is fascinating is and, and it and it speaks to what we said earlier about Shane Duffy last season, is 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 this you know um kind of conversation about structure versus personnel. So, you know, the system the system versus personnel, what is more important? The way the team is set up and the jobs given to individual players versus what who those individual players are and, and what is the most important factor in that. And and when you're looking at defending, especially defending is a team game. So uh, you know the the stats are are not limited because as I say I've come up with metrics which I think are quite effective and and, and match the eye test if you like when measuring especially central defenders, Starfelt is kind of de- almost um, blowing my model in that sense. He's, he's really defeating my model in that, in that sense. In, in that um, his actual numbers, his defensive numbers are really, really bad. Okay, we're talking about Jack Hendry, Effie Ambrose levels of bad. Whereas, you know, Carter Vickers is up there in the sort of, you know, Van Dyke, Julian, Ayer type territory, right? You know, really, really the ones that we would all kind of agree are, are the top, top. Centre backs, um, and and so I know you took, asked me about Stephen Welsh, and I'm, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> so, I was dancing around the subject a little bit. I'm just trying to make the point here that that you know, a defending is quite tricky to measure. B um, that the, the system that you'd be asked to play in is is actually actually very important. So, Starfelt's numbers as an individual are not that great, but clearly Celtic are defending very well. I mean, the number of chances that we're giving up is incredibly low. I think we're down it from open play. It's less. It's, it's about 0.5 xG a game at the moment uh, from open play that we're giving up. I mean, it's 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 it's, 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 it's and it's phenomenal. And this is this is Postacoglu, you know, implementing a coherent system and people doing coherent jobs within that system. It's exactly what we didn't have last season. Okay, so you know that that that, that, that what I'm saying is, if you stick Stephen Welsh into that system. He's going to play well, and guess what? His numbers this year are much better than they've been in any previous season. Does that mean Stephen Welsh is a great central defender? I'm not sure, because <laughs> you could get better players that are better suited to that system and bring them in. I still don't think Carl Stauffer is well suited to, to the system of play that we've got. But is he doing a good job? Yes, he is, because everything around him is quite coherent. Okay, so I, I hope that makes sense a little bit. Mm. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to down on with with faint praise. I think we can still do better in terms of players. Uh, I, I think there's probably better value in the market in terms of centre backs. But what is more important 
is that the system that we're playing is is increasing in coherence week on week, and having a week between games now is going to be gold in terms of you know Postecoglou's time on the training ground with players working on shape, working on you know um, how to react to different uh, situations and transitions because we do pile a lot of players forward, so that recovery is, and, and, and shape is really important, and that affects the centre backs, especially in the full backs. That's all going. To, that's all improving, and it has been improving throughout the season. So. If you asked me if we threw if we threw Welsh in tomorrow, would it be a problem? I don't think it would. You know, the stats say he's, he's been playing pretty well, and I think he's probably used to the system as well. But is he is he the long term answer? I'm not convinced. <laughs> I think all these mm. things can be true at the same time. Yeah, T- Tony, I'll come to you on Stephen Welsh. I, I'm glad Alan gave us as detailed an answer as he did because it gave you and I a chance to go over the fact he called Ka- uh, Chris Ayer a top defender, but. <laughs> Moving on from that one, um, Stephen Welsh, limited opportunities this season, um, perhaps not through his own making, but because we have had two very high profile uh, defensive signings and so it was more a case of who was brought in than anything Stephen Welsh did himself. What's your opinion on his future at Celtic, either just in terms of his, his ability as a player or, or just in terms of opportunities? We've talked about pathway to the first team and all that and it not being there. Do you see a future for him at the club? Yeah, there's definitely a future there, but I... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think uh, my eye test tells me that Starfield's been doing okay. Mm-hmm. Alan's stats might conflict with that a bit, but I don't think Starfield's done too much wrong, has he? I mean, one of the most underrated things about the other night was Starfield's pass that led to the second goal that he, when he shelled it to Maida, who just scampered down the wing and put it in. I mean, it happened so quickly, but it was Starfield's pass that opened up all that space and allowed Maida to, you know, hit the crossing, which the goalkeeper spilled at Giacomacchus' feet. So, you know, I, I, I like Starfield. <laughs> I have been critical of him, but I was critical of him at uh, a particular game, the Ross County game away. I thought he could have been a bit more robust, that was all I said, and people went off their nut about it, but I still stand by it. But also, I, I don't feel that he's done too much wrong. He can look ungainly at times, and sometimes look uncomfortable with the ball at his feet, but in terms of defending, he's been pretty solid. And that's why Stephen Wells has been kept out of the team because Carter Vickers and Starfield have developed some kind of partnership. Alan, you said they don't give up too many chances, do they? Well, it's a team thing, but yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the longer the season's going on, we're, we're giving up less and less chances. Yeah, yeah. Just, and those are a big part of it, so they're a, a big part of the best central defence or best defensive unit in Scotland. So 
domestically they're, they're pretty sound. So I, I mean, obviously you need good backup for these guys in Welsh at this point. It's just going to have to, you know, wait for his opportunity to arise. But he's been kept out by two decent centre-halves in Carter Vickers and Starfield. And uh, I, a lot of people have been kind of Starfield, you know, they've been on his case. But I think a lot of them have been kind of, not made to eat their words per se, but I think a lot of them are on reflection I've realised that he's actually he's taken time to adjust and he's shown signs of adjusting out of the Scottish game and he's doing fine. Yeah, I I, I would agree with, with all of that. Um, I was quite a harsh critic of, of Starfelt in the initial stages as well and I think he's I think he's been better and I think the best thing you can say about Stephen Welsh in this situation is that I, I don't feel he's a significant weakening of the team when he does come, uh, when he is selected or when he does come on. You know, we've all talked about the the choices that we have to have on the bench. Um, Jim, what's your opinion on Stephen Welsh specifically? I know the conversations opened up to Starfelt and it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. But Stephen Welsh, is there is there an opportunity for him at Celtic or is it going to be a case of that, the, you know, uh, like so many other young players for us, he's going to have to seek his hmm. seek his opportunities elsewhere? I think football's a funny old game, as they would say. I think uh, if, you're a, if you're a football manager, your job is to replace every single player you've got with somebody better. That's why you're in the job. So mm. Angie's looking to replace all those players until you get somebody who you think, I, I couldn't replace them with somebody better, and then somebody will buy them, and then you're stuffed, and you go back to the start again, basically. So I've mentioned before this season about Starfelt, and I like this term, the eye test. This is really good. I've got an eye test now. My eye test in terms of Starfelt, I thought he's, a, he's, he's, he's had a good season. He's had two or three games where he's a bit ropey, but on balance, he's been pretty good. Uh, I've also said before, do I think we could have get better for four and a half million pounds? Absolutely. Uh, I like him. He's maybe not as tall, maybe not as physical, maybe not as blah, blah, blah. But in terms of the job he's doing, it's fine. I also find this this phrase, we've got the best defensive record in Scotland. We should have either the first or the second best defensive record in Scotland. If we compare myself to Dundee now, you know. I mean, people are, it's factual. People are quite. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I know that, but, but I find just, it really just, funny because we, we, we were both right. Yeah, uh, we were the, qualify that. We were the second best defensive team in the league last season. You know, we would expect us to be the best or the second yeah, best. Defensive defenders when they can see set piece goals. Jim, I was, I was alluding to that more than anything else. That they, they, they give up. I, no, I, I, no I, I, chances and stuff. So you know, I know I mean? all that stuff. I know that. I just, I just find it funny oh. when it's like we've got the best defensive record. We would expect to be either first or second <laughs> in that. I'm stating something as a fact, not as. I, can, can no. I try and can I try and frame no, this no, in a way no, that no, no, that, no, no, it's me still. Sorry, Alan. It's me still. I test. I test. So as a fact, I think last season, I think individually, we've got really good players. In, in the back four and Joe Hart etc but in Europe we must have lost the most goals of any team this season yes. and last season so when we go up a level I think they're found out and yes. I just find it funny when people say we've got the best defensive record as if it's a big thing you know, who we compare ourselves to Hibs Aberdeen they would expect to be better I was saying it in relation to Starfield and Carter Vickers who are two new defenders who have been brought to the club because they, they, 
The league to him was goals last season and didn't win a title, Jim. That's what I was saying too. But we brought in short, uh, Shane Duffy and Welsh last year and we the second best. You know, so I don't think that's a start that means anything on the eye test. I don't think that means anything. All I'm saying is that I think individually they're all good players. Sorry, the question was Welsh. <laughs> well, well, didn't they don't have the best defence would be top of the league, Jim. Sorry? If they don't have the best defence would be top of the league. Oh, we could still be top of the league with not having the best defence. Of course we could. Are you sure? If, if we, we scored more goals, of course we could. If we scored more goals. Well, the Ange philosophy at the start of the season is it's going to be four threes and five fours. So if that is how... You're being very about something that's a fact. A fact. I'm not arguing with the well, fact. I'm just saying that people see it as well, if it's a big thing. Goals against Ross County in the morning then. Why don't you shrug it off? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm just saying it's not as big a thing as people make out. I never made it out to be a big thing. I, I never said you did. All I'm saying is that I find it funny that when, when people say we've got the best defensive league in the country, uh, the best defensive, uh, the best defensive stat in, in the country, we should have the top two no matter what. And I think the I think the test of this defence is out with Scotland, and I think we've been found wanting this season yeah. as we were last season. So I think that's your measure. And in terms of Stephen Welsh, do I think Stephen Welsh is, is is better than what we've got at the moment? No, is a personal opinion. He's obviously, I mean, anyone who plays top-class football has been through loads to get to that kind of level. So I'm not dismissing Stephen Welsh by any manner of means. All I'm saying is I think the two guys here just now are better than he is and I actually think we can get better than the two guys we've got just now. Because the first thing I said there was that if you're a manager, your job is to replace every single player. And I think what we've got at the back and what's been found out this season is we're not too great at corner kicks, either in our box or in their box. So why is that? Well, maybe it's to do with their two centre-halves. Maybe they're not big enough. Maybe that's the issue. If you bring Stephen Welsh into the equation, I think Stephen Welsh is of a, of a, of a similar size to the two guys that are there just now. So I'll try and answer your question, Laura. Uh, Welsh is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Tony. Honest. I love you. I love you. I've been a bit there, but that's fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. Can I just? Can I just try and? I think. Listen. I, I think. I, I think you're both right. Okay, and that's probably why it was going round and round and round. So, the way the way I look at this is, I try and I try and put this into words is, the the we've now got a coherent team system that means we're giving up very few chances against the standard of opposition that we meet in Scotland. Okay, so. Against Scottish opposition, we've got the best defensive record. That is absolutely true. And, and Scottish opposition are finding it very difficult to create any chances against the Celtic team. Now, the question then for for Postacoglu and for Celtic going forward is, does that system and do the personnel within it, does, does their performance scale when you increase the quality of the opposition? And the evidence is that when they put up, put up against better opposition in Europe, it doesn't because we go from... Not 0.7 expected goals against in Scottish games to 1.7 goals expected goals against in European games. The system stroke the personnel uh, don't scale to that quality of opposition. So you're both correct. So that's why I'm saying, you know, Starfelt, Welsh are absolutely fine if we want to get back to dominating Scottish football. But if we want to progress in Europe, we're going to need better, better players in those positions. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting, but the, the the whole the whole reason for the the discussion that obviously has evolved into Starfield and about Welsh is just because I think there's been a lot of discussion this week, especially with the you know the there's been pieces written about the myriad of players we've lost to the bigger teams like Bayern Munich, like uh, Man City, like Chelsea, you know plenty of youngsters that we've lost to bigger teams and you know you would hate to see somebody like Stephen Welsh get within touching distance of a regular starting berth um some would argue he was closer last season to that regular starting berth than he is this season but you would hate to see um you know him get so close and then and then be out the door but obviously as Jim always does say you know if there's a chance to get a better player in that position then you have to go for that as well and it will just be interesting to see how things work out with him I don't know if anybody in the comments knows uh, what Stephen Welsh's contract situation is and how long he's got left in terms of that at the club um, but that would be interesting to know to just get an idea of you know what kind of time scale you're talking about him having to, to make that impact before he before he thinks about moving on to pastures new but we we shall wait and see um Tony, I'll come to you um, about the weekend. We've obviously, Ross County coming up. We've touched a little bit on them um, about you know what we can expect from them. I think we've played them enough this season to know that they're going to be a tough team to break down. They are going to come to Celtic Park and basically, for want of a better phrase, um, park the bus, use a low block, whatever phrase you want to use. Uh, do you think we've got enough now? Have you seen enough against those similar types of teams in recent weeks to think we've got what it takes to break them down? Given that we did struggle with that earlier in the season, <coughs> earlier in the season, I think we've got it back between the teeth now. <laughs> the Livingston performance is very encouraging, and uh, they dealt with that test. You know, the Ross County have given them two big tests this season. Three 0 game when I think it was Carter Vickers that scored the opening goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, two late ones, that was pretty fraught, wasn't it? And obviously there was the 97-minute goal by Ralph Nutt and Dingwall. So, uh, you know, they've, they've given Celtic two hard games. It's it's not a gimme, but I think Celtic's quality should show through. Jim says we have better players and better mm-hmm. to win matches, and I think they've got enough match winners in the side now uh, to... Not saying we'll make light work of Ross County tomorrow, but I'd fully expect Celtic to be on the front foot very early and to be comfortable and be commanding tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with that. Jim, what's what's your assessment of it? You know, you've you've obviously been at a lot of the games, some especially the ones where we've we've you know, struggled against these teams whose main objective is not to be embarrassed by is in a given game Ross County will fall into that category. Do we have enough in the tank to to get in, get ahead early and, and, and see them off before they get a chance to really dig their heels in? hundred percent, yeah. I mean I think what I said last time I was on is that there's been wee phases this season where we've gone through a, 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 a few good games of not performing particularly well and then a few goods and a few bads. And I said last time, maybe this is the start of some good performances. Good performance at Livingston, good performance at Tannadice. I expect a good performance tomorrow. I mean, Ross County are the, are the third best form team in the league. I think a few months ago they were looking maybe could, they could have went down. Uh, they're in the mix for fourth. Uh, they've scored more goals than the other team that are in the mix. Uh, there's a stat I thought I'd look that one up because Alan was on the show and I just watched it. So, <laughs> uh, so these are the games you have to if you want to win the league you have to win the game yeah. simple as that I think there's games where 
it's forgivable or excusable if you drop points. Like Hibs Easter Road, you think, well, they're a good team, hard venue, etc. Yeah. But if you've designed a win in the league, then you beat Ross County at home and hopefully you score a few more, uh, a few goals into the bargain. They score a lot of goals, but they lose a lot of goals as well. I think they've lost more goals than the other teams that are in the mix. So we're playing really well. Uh, fans picks the right team uh, offensively. Then uh, I think we'll win quite convincingly tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Um, Alan, I'll close out with your thoughts on tomorrow. Where where do you think the key areas are going to be against Ross County? How mm. how are we going to how are we going to overcome those issues that we've had against other teams and how are we going to how are we going to really see out the game in as comfortable a manner as we can? Yeah, I mean it's difficult to learn from the two games we've had against them because of the absolute sort of disarray and selection that we've had in the two games that we've played against them. I mean, when they yeah. came to Celtic Park, they played a very low block. And, and as Tony said, it took quite some, in fact, it took a lucky deflected goal to start, you know, start the, the scoring in that game. And then obviously the, the the game in Dingwall where we had Montgomery on one wing and Juranovic on the other was just was just horrible in terms of you know, the options available to the team that day. And actually they came at Celtic a bit more in terms of they pressed us higher up the pitch. So I don't know which version we'll see. I suspect it's the low block version uh, that we'll see tomorrow. But you listen, you've got to whatever you think of Malky Mukai, you've got to give them credit for the for the job he's done. The first ten games of the season, they drew three and lost seven, and it looked like they were going to go down easily. The next twenty matches, they've won ten, drawn five, and lost five. That's pretty impressive for any team in the in the league outside of the top two. And the only defeats they've had have been to Celtic, to the Rangers, to Hearts, to Dundee United and Hibs. And as as Jim alluded to, they're actually the third top scorers in the league. 43 goals. That's incredible for a team of Ross County's budget. And I think they've they've, they've managed to supplement much the same players, and again, come back to system over personnel. They've got much the same players as they had last season in a coherent, organised system. And then they've they've, they've managed to get Reagan Cook and Hungbo, who just give them that little bit of extra pace that they that they a lot of other teams don't have, and I mean Reagan Cook's the top scorer in the league with thirteen. You know that's pretty impressive going. Um, concerns for me would be um, the big lad they have up front, Jordan White, uh, seems to like playing against Starfelt. It's given him a horrible time in both uh, both matches against Ross County. And if you've got Hungbo and Charles Cook uh, running running off of him, I think that's just something we need to watch out for. But you know. Basically, we need to, as, as, as has been said, we should be beating teams like this at home. Uh, and I think we'll find a way. We'll, we'll trust Ange to come up with a, a coherent uh, system that doesn't involve a deep-lying central midfielder to be able to have enough people on the pitch to break them down. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an interesting one and certainly every game between now and the end of the season is going to be an interesting one because they're all, not to want to use too many cliches, but they are are all cup finals between now and the end of the season. That's easy for me to say. Um, But thanks everybody for watching today. Um, There's been lots of comments, but obviously with with the four of us on the screen, it's been difficult to get them all up um, because there has been so much to talk about. But we do appreciate that everybody's watching and, um, and, and, and getting involved and uh, we try and uh, take those on board as much as possible Alan thanks very much for joining us people can catch up with you where again I I don't know if you've mentioned it so far (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no you can catch Alan on the on the huddle breakdown or on his blog uh, Celtic by Numbers and we really appreciate having him on the show Jim Tony been a pleasure to have you as always I think I'll be trying to practice my Michael Buffer for next week my let's get ready to rumble and uh, see how that goes but it's been a pleasure to have you both anyway
anyway and the debate is always exciting as as we always say thanks everybody we'll be back this weekend for the match coverage as always on axom and see you next week Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.